Welcome to the Interesting Football Podcast. I'm Laurie Knox and I'm joined by former junior hammer Simon Day as we decide whether West Ham United are the most interesting team in the English Premier League. Simon Day, how are you and what are your first thoughts when somebody says the name West Ham? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll warn you now, there's the word apocryphal will be used this evening. So some That's of a good facts, word. That's a good word. It is a good word. Um, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, these facts aren't necessarily good. Um, and they're not necessarily factual tonight. So that, that's my <laughs> initial fault. Um, West Ham. West Ham were my... Um, when I, as you, I'm sure you remember, when I was at school, West Ham were my Premier League club. Um, and I've, I've been to Upton Park many a time. And um, I was, as, as you introduced me, I was a junior hammer. Um, and it was... Um, my dad took me a couple of times. And then we had a family friend who was a West Ham fan who took me quite a bit when I was a teenager. Um and then it just got too more expensive and Gillingham was a lot easier to go to. <laughs> well, I remember I remember we used to laugh about, I think it was the Sun, uh, it was some tabloid headline where Tony Cotty scored two goals. Do you remember this one? No, go on. Uh, Tony Cotty scored two goals. Because sometimes like, uh, they can be quite clever, can't they, the tabloid puns? And, the, uh, and this one, uh, the, the headline was just two hyphen Tony Cotty. I just remember we both were like, how it's possibly the worst pun ever defined. Like, I hope whoever came up with that one got fired pretty soon after. Well, you just sort of um, preempted one of tonight's um, facts, actually, which it contains an atrocious sun headline. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. But the best ones, I mean, let's, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, the one where Inverness Caledonian Thistle had only yeah. recently entered. The Scottish League. I mean, now they're, they're regulars in the Premier League, but I think you know they'd only been a professional club for you know, uh, I don't know three, four, five years. Uh, they were outside the top division, possibly even lowest two divisions. They beat Celtic in a cup competition, and the Sun weren't for the headline. Was it Super Cali Go Ballistic Celtic were atrocious? Is that what yes, it was? Which is very, very clever. It's uh, was, that, was yeah. that around the time when bizarre wasn't John Barnes Celtic manager for a bit. Possibly, possibly, yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't go well, weirdly. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yes, we, we will be talking about tabloid headlines this evening. Okay, okay. For what, me, what West Ham, um, yeah. I, I remember going at the end of the 95-96 season. Is that the only time I've been? I'm sure I've been to Upton, no, I've been to Upton Park a couple of times. Um, but one, last game, 95-96 season, Wednesday needed a draw to stay up in the Premier League. John Newsom scored um, a header in injury time to get that draw. Um, although, as it turns out, other results transpired that uh, we, we could have lost anyway. That was when um, Steve Lomas at Manchester City kept the ball in the corner to run down the oh, clock when they were drawing. Um, he, win. Yeah. Yes, um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and that was also, I remember Alvin Martin's last game for West Ham. So he got a standing ovation from the Wednesday fans are also chanting, uh, there's only one Alvin Martin. I think possibly the only time um, I've ever chanted an opposing team player's name, the best of my memory. There we go. And, and certainly the only time you'll have chanted the name Alvin. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, but the other time I went to West Ham, actually, was when Wednesday went down to, you know, dropped out of the Premier League. I think yeah, it was the next season, uh, our first year out of the Premier League. And we drew away to West Ham in the League Cup. We went up there. Um, Paolo Di Canio's first match against Wednesday. He obviously took so much abuse. You could see he was trying so hard. We were absolutely appalling that year. You know, again, almost went straight down out of the, what's now the Championship. 
Um, but despite that, uh, we somehow beat Owen Morrison. Um, scored two good goals, I think, and we somehow beat West Ham to one. Uh, or was it one? Um, anyway, um, yeah, we beat West Ham. Sli- it was it was one of those where it's probably the most one sided game where the the team on the wrong end of it won, like, like West Ham. Oh, they're I mean, the most satisfying though. They are. They are. Oh, Kevin like Pressman that. and Des Walker were just. No, they, they they basically won the game. Oh uh, yeah, I I I much prefer an undeserved win to a deserved one. Hmm. I would even. I remember a game at Preston a few years ago where we were absolutely outplayed, hundred percent outplayed, and it wasn't. It wasn't even like our goalkeeper had a good game or anything like that, or one of our centre halves. They just missed a hatful of chances. Um, they scored, but they're one nil up. We had our first corner and only shot on target in the ninety-sixth minute and um, scored a header from the corner. Nice, nice. Completely undeserved, uh, but that, that <laughs> needs more satisfying than. And a comfortable 2 0 win, yeah. Right, I don't want to yeah. see justice done, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I think one of the big arguments against you no know, VAR and all that it's kind of fun when there is a bit of injustice, right? I mean, it's yeah, absolutely. You know... As long as you don't believe it's bent, then right, I've got a problem with it. It all even mm. in theory, or say that in theory, I do remember the first time in my lifetime Wednesday went down to the third tier. And quite, you know, everyone would just go get on the uh, officials' backs. And so many times you saw the officials turning, basically, and just basically bricking it, uh, have, you know, usually being a uh, you know, refereeing in front of like two, 3,000 people. And then all of a sudden have like 25,000 people screaming in their faces. So many times you saw the referees just turn. And it was great because you felt like you were kind of influencing the game. And also when, when you go on that, didn't Man U get, some, I don't know, Man U got some like 14 penalties once at Old Trafford. Yeah. Whereas Wim- Wimbledon, when they're in the Premier League, I'm sure they went two and a half years without a penalty. So, you know, yeah, so anyway. That's what we I'm saying. We've digressed there. That's gone live. <laughs> going on there. We have, well, let's hear fact number that. one then. Let's hear it. Yeah. Fact number one Marco Bugers, um, the Dutch striker, left West Ham to go and live in a caravan with his mum. <laughs> but w- was Bugers the one who was just absolutely mental? Well, well we'll get on to that in a moment. Uh, so Marco Bugers was um, signed by Harry Redknapp after Harry Redknapp saw a video of him playing in the Dutch League. There was no, like, that That was the extent of the scouting. Um, mm. Now, he's probably most famous for, he came over and he um, he got sent off against Man U when he came on a sub. And his first, well, it wasn't even a touch of the ball, his first contribution was like a knee-high challenge on Gary Neville, and he got a straight red card. Nice. Um, he, he made four substitute appearances. And... The reason, I mean, the reason I said apocryphal at the start of this is my actual fact here is an urban myth. So I can remember at the time it being common knowledge in inverted commas that Marco Bugas left West Ham to live in a caravan with his mum. What actually on West Ham's club call reporter? Do you remember club club call? Anyone in the unlikely event anyone under the age of like thirty five is listening to this? Club call was like. You ran up to get the ladies. Oh yes, wasn't it? We just had bonkers. mental <laughs> fifty pence a minute or whatever. Yeah. To, uh... You'd see on teletext or CFAX, you'd see like um, you'd see the club call number, wouldn't you, on the advert page, and then it'd be midfielder to sign new contract question mark, 
And then you're like, oh, yeah, I better ring up and find out what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like a Redknapp gives his thoughts ahead of the weekend. <laughs> what am I ringing up for? Anyway, yeah. And then you'd ring up and pay 50p a minute, wouldn't you? I mean, what, what world was this? Um, anyway. West Ham's club call reporter got some duff information. I sorry, misheard some information. And what he what he was told was that um because Marco Bugas was suffering from stress after his red card, and the club call reporter was told that he's gone with his mum to Holland by car again. The club call reporter misheard this as he's gone with his mum to Holland by caravan. So on the West Ham club call. That's what it was said. He said, Marco Bugas has left West Ham to go to Holland with his mum in a caravan. <laughs> now, a lot of news reporters got their stories off Club Call. Um, so the Sun... <laughs> the Sun... Of course, of course. <laughs> ...rung up Club Call and discovered this information about Marco Bugas living in a caravan. The next day, the headline in the Sun was, Barmy Bugas goes to live in a caravan. Nice, nice. And sadly, uh, there we go. What, what can I say? The Sun um, reported something that wasn't true. Who would have thought? Who was that, on that topic? Barbie Boogers. That uh, Frank Bruno, yes. who that one of the worst headlines ever. You know, was it a uh, um, Frank? Yeah, when Frank Bruno came out suffering from uh, was it schizophrenia? I believe. Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, the Sun headline Bonkers Bruno, which just seems absolutely wild. And that would happen. Bit, I think it's <laughs> right, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, wow, but yeah, uh, well, B- Marco Bugas wasn't bonkers, he was balmy, which he was I balmy, know, was he? I don't know whether that's better or worse. Um, but yeah, did you, ever, did you ever call Club Call? I think I did once or twice. I mean, we'll be talking like late 80s, early 90s. So I uh, probably would have got I, told off for it. Yeah, cause, just because of the price of it, I think. <laughs> um, but I can always remember looking around, like scrolling around on CFAX, waiting for the page to come just to see what was happening at each club. Yes. Be like each Premier League club, and there were one liner, wasn't there? News in brief, page 312. That was it, because some days you'd go there and it'd just be like page one out of two, and it'd be like, oh, okay. And it'd be really exciting when there's like five or six pages of it. It's like, And you know what? The number of football matches, uh, I, I shudder to think how many hours of my youth I spent watching games on CFAX, like literally doing things, like going to the toilet, even when I didn't need it, just so I could go, just so I could wash the toilet, spend a minute or two in there, uh, wash my hands for an inordinately long time, and then just walk back in, just... Just so it's hopefully updated. Um, I can even remember at university um, going to like one of the student union bars and asking them to put the League One page on one of the TV screens on CFAX <laughs> just to see the Gillingham score scroll round on a Saturday afternoon. CFAX, to be fair, was way ahead of its time because it was basically like a rubbish internet, wasn't it? And uh, yes. when you, uh, but because they didn't have that in North America, they didn't have anything like CFAX. So it was, and you know, when you think about it, this was going on in the, the early 80s, you know, when you consider that we lived in a world where you literally would have to phone up Clubline to, to find out information about your team and random things like that. Um, I mean, I mean CFAX was kind of CFAX Teletext was kind of ahead of its time I think Yeah, and it's weird. you'd invest so much in wanting to read the reports of a game, wouldn't you, on CFAX yes. 
even though the reports of the games on CFIX were just not. I, I could write a report. I could just show me this game, show me who scored, and I can write the CFAX report. <laughs> it was like, it'd be like, yeah, so and so beat whoever 2 1, uh, whoever took the lead in the whatever minute, for, thanks to a goal from so and so hit back in the whatever minute, thanks to a goal from. It, it, that was the whole report, wasn't it? Although I've just remembered um, a line from the CFAX report of the aforementioned West Ham United 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1 game, um, in which uh, it was John Newsom uh, uh, equalised the late header in front of the boisterous away fans. Um, so, yeah, because it was, I know, um, yeah, yeah, it was a very good atmosphere that day. So I, I do remember the, the boisterous away fans one. So there we go, there we go. Um, but, um, yeah, CFAX, um, 312, 302 was the homepage, wasn't it? 302 was the football homepage. 301 yes. was the overarching sport page. Oh, and then, never yeah. looked at that. Oh, yeah, because I, I sometimes go to 340 for the cricket news and scorecards. Um, the, ba- the bad thing about being a Wednesday fan, though, is because they quite often did things by day. So the amount of times, like, you know, Wednesday's news, you, you, you like, uh, you know, you, you perk up a bit seeing the word Wednesday and then, we're, oh, no, no, it's just it's just a day, not a club. Uh, <laughs> cause, cause, because whenever there was a headline about Wednesday, it would typically be Wednesday sign Palmer or whoever it is. Um, but there we go. Right. Wouldn't be that though. On on the um, club call page though, it would never say anything like explicit, would it? No. It would be like, no. It'll be like um, Wednesday poised to sign England midfielder question mark. <laughs> yes, to get right. your 50p in. Wouldn't it? That, anyway, that must have been yeah. teletext. Was that the ITV one? Because yes, obviously yeah. that would have been the one with the adverts on, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, ne- I never went to that. Just 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 BBC. I was a BBC loyalist back in the day. Okay. okay. There we go. Well, I, anyway. I, 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 threw, I threw it around. I, I wasn't too fussy. I even <laughs> liked a bit of the Channel 4, to be whatever the Channel 4 teletext was. Yeah, they had a few quizzes. Um, yeah, yeah. Happy days, happy days. Quiz, yeah, the problem page was always funny. It was good stuff, that. Indeed, indeed. Right, Mr anyway. Day, um, let's stop reminiscing about um, a rubbish <laughs> version of the internet, uh, which, which was great. Um, right, on to our quiz today. Uh, West Ham fans like to bang on about how West Ham won the World Cup in 1966. Yeah. Um, the squad, it was a 22-person squad. Oh, oh, I'm going right. to ask you, I'm going to ask you to name a, a, a full team's worth. So 11 players out of the 22. Well, okay. I think I could name the 11 who started. Mm. In the okay, finals. well, you, you'll be laughing then. Mr Day, you've got 60 seconds. Your time starts now. Thanks. Yes. Charlton, Charlton. Oh, there we go. Charlton, Charlton. Uh, Hurst. Yes. Hunt. Yes. Peters. Yes. Ball. Uh, yes. The youngest um, player in the squad. Oh, was he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Got Styles. True. Yes. Uh, I want to the, 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 the fullback he played for Fulham. He died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Getting no help from me. <laughs> I forgot he'd been there. Uh, yep. How many have I got there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, eight. Jimmy, Gre- Jimmy Greaves. Greaves in the squad, that's nine. Nine. Um, would Ron spring it, the reserve keeper? Oh, well done. Yes, that's ten. You've got ten seconds to go. Oh, what? The- oh, um, George Cohen. There we go. It's 11. That's what I was trying to Five seconds. Let's go. The One more. Four- the other full backs escape. Oh, Bobby Moore. Oh, you got Bobby Moore right at the end. There <laughs> and the other go. fullbacks' Probably... names escaped me. Ray Wilson. 
Ray Wilson, that's it. Okay, good that you just got Bobby Moore the caption just on the uh, just on the Ron Springer, the Wednesday goalkeeper, who's he actually had more caps than Gordon Banks at that point. Thirty-three to cap Banks is twenty-seven. Uh, there we go. Um, other one, I'd, I'll be honest, I've never ever heard of this player. Number twenty-two midfielder for Arsenal, George Eastham. Yes, I've heard of him. I've never heard of him. Um, others, um, others. Norman Hunter was in there. Ron Flowers of Wolves. He was the oldest player. Um, Jimmy Armfield. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. There we go. I didn't realise Norman Hunter was around back then, but okay. Mm. Okay. Well, um, wait. What did you get there? One, two, three, four, I've, five, I've six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven, yes, just got in there. Well done, Mister Day. Dominating. Okay. Uh, fact number two. Fact number two is that in 1923, Bolton and West Ham played the first ever FA Cup final at Wembley, and it was attended by 300,000 people. 300,000? I heard 200,000. Well, it depends where you look. Um, there are various sources that claim 300,000 people turned up. I've never which, heard that one. Yeah, I, I, I first saw it and was like, this is a typo, surely. Um, no, they, even Wikipedia says 300,000. Um, oh, really? Now, to me, I've been in, a, I think the biggest crowd I've ever been in is 90,000. And that was yes. pretty, the players were pretty distant at that point. 300,000. <laughs> it, <was like, laughs> yeah. it was like the curvature of the earth would be getting in the way of my view of the game, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, officially it was 136,000 at the game, but. Uh, they were due to a ticketing, ticketing issue at Wembley. Um, Not for the last um, time. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As in, most people who turned up didn't have a ticket. I think that was the main ticketing issue. Mm. Um, fans overflowed onto the playing area. Um, and what was fam- what was what's that final affectionately known as? That's the White Horse final, isn't it? Exactly. And the urban myth around that is it wasn't a white horse. Was it not? It was a grey horse, but because the coverage was in black and white, the contrast on it made it look like a white horse. Ah, right. Now, okay. This sort of myth is endeared to the extent that, um, also endured, that the um, the bridge, if you walk from uh, the train station to the ground, is called the White Horse Bridge. Mm. But it wasn't a white horse. <laughs> now, nice, nice. So the horse, came, the horse came onto the pitch to try and sort the fans out, but apparently that didn't do the job. What did do the job was when King George, the whatever it was, turned up to watch the cup final. Apparently, this is what calmed the crowd down because they all broke into a chorus of the national anthem. <laughs> well, that's, that's... got to be a load. Either that's an absolute load of shite. Or they were very different times, weren't they? I, I'm, I'm going to go different times on that one. I can I can see that being um, uh, 1920 stuff. I think people people held the royal family in a lot more esteem back then, I believe, than they do. Now. You know, I remember being in a pub in Glasgow. Must be what about 6 p.m. one Saturday night, and it just just I don't know just a, not like a busy one, not a city centre one or anything, and just everyone just just randomly started singing Flower of Scotland. Um, just, just just kicked off the National Anthem, which I've never seen before or since anywhere. No, I, I no. I, I, last time I was in Rochester, I walked past the pub randomly and everyone was singing Don't You Want Me Baby by the Human League. But <laughs> Good um, song. 
It's a good song, yeah. Like... Wednesday fans, too. Oh, look, Human League, aren't they? Them and Heaven 17 are from Sheffield as well, aren't they? I've sort of yeah, they're Wednesday fans, too. That yeah, well done. Well done, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Def Leppard are half Wednesday, half United. There we go. Oh, well done, Def Leppard. I've, I've seen Def <laughs> Leppard live. Oh, nice. A, a terrible experience. Um, How anyway, free. Uh, sorry? How come we need to know what you can't just leave it like that? Oh, it's a really oh, terrible doing, experience. No, they, they were doing the um, the pre show at an NFL game, or was that? Oh, okay. I, I've seen some terrible music acts via that method. I, so, I've why, seen... what, why? I mean, what was terrible? What they just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> there was a bit of phoning it in, but the, the main problem was they were doing Def Leppard songs. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, Three hundred? Are we buying that? Three hundred thousand people turned up at Wembley. I don't, I don't think. I mean, one hundred twenty-five thousand capacity stadium. I don't think. You, I mean, two hundred thousand. I can see. You know, you got all the famous pictures of the people spilling out around the pitch, basically standing by the touchline and that. Yeah. I can see how you could maybe get up to two hundred thousand, which is the number I, I've always heard. Um, two hundred thousand estimates. The three hundred thousand. I've never, I'll be honest, I've never heard about of that until yeah, oh, now. Yeah, it Various sources, 300,000 people turned up at Wembley. Right, right. I mean, yeah. Imagine the, the queue for the train afterwards. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm sceptical about that. I can't. Uh, and remarkably, that. according to reports, only 22 people got injured. Mm, nice, nice. You know what? You, you say, like, what's the big, you know, say you've been to a crowd of 90,000. I think, you know, that's probably the biggest attendance I've been to. The new Wembley's 90, isn't it? That, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, so I think the highest attendant, highest attended football match, you know, all the football games I've been to in my life, the highest attended match I've ever been to is South Korea versus an African country that's escaped me right now um, in the Olympics because that was sold out and it was... Um, Okay. South Korea versus Gabon. I I, I can't I can't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, that, that feels disappointing. Really, uh, the highest attended foot match I've ever been to. I don't even know who one of the teams were. <laughs> and, and it was nil nil. If I remember correctly, I think Korea hit the bar once, and that was it. And nothing else really happened. Yeah, I once saw um, talk, talking of African teams. I once went to a Togo game in the World Cup. And that was a bit weird because they were playing Switzerland. Uh, it was at Dortmund Stadium. And I, it felt like like 90% of the crowd were Swiss. Um, right. And then Togo must have bought like, a couple of hundred fans. Mm. Um, and Togo, uh, what, uh, Emmanuel Adebayor is the extent of my Togolese <clears throat> knowledge um, <laughs> in terms when it comes to football. Um, yeah, so uh, I can't remember what teams qualified for the Olympics. That was the Olympics where the Great Britain side were there, weren't they? Yes, yes. And they really got knocked weird. out. They got knocked out to South Korea. They got knocked out to South Korea on Super Saturday. Ah, I didn't realise that. Yeah, the, yeah. Did I say the, the, some African country? Did I say possibly Gabon? Did I say that yes. out loud? Yes. Okay, because it was Gabon. There we go. Um, okay. So, uh, Gabon tried, tried. many. Um, not that I remember. <laughs> um, they don't, they don't, no, they're not known for their um, <laughs> uh, part-time supporters. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, right, okay. Well, Mr. Day, that was that one. Um, let's move on to our bizarre fan. Um, today's bizarre fan is the one and only uh, Mia Talifa. Um, she has been, she every now and then she'll tweet some uh, 
C O Y I. Um, she will, oh, okay. she, she's Damn. been photoed a few times, uh, a few times in West Ham in a West Ham shirt. Um, she's been out onto the pitch as well um, at West Ham a couple, I think, a couple of times. Not so this filming. is someone who's not got for filming a, purposes. Not for fil- not that no, no. <laughs> this is a this is someone who has um, a fairly uh, long history with the long history. Uh, somebody who's a, it's it's not just a one like you get those celebrities who kind of like pose with the shirt once and then everybody claims that. No, this is somebody who's a, who's had a bit of an association over the years with West Ham. So there we go. Any idea why? Um. No. Interesting. Uh, well, all I, all I heard, well, one thing I read is that she said she, she um, because they're the underdog, she admired them, but that's a bit rubbish. She's got literally hundreds of underdogs to choose. So I'm not sure why exactly that one underdog um, appealed to her. Um, I think it's good because we started, obviously, with Osama bin Laden. Uh, we're now to Mir Khalifa. And, you know, I think what in was... their own way, I think for me, Khalifa is one of the best bizarre fans we've had. Yes. Obviously, um, I agree. different end of the ideological spectrum to Osama bin Laden. Um, but yeah. in, their, in their own way, they've impacted the world. I, I would argue that bin Laden more so. Yeah, I mean, it depends what kind of impact you're after, really. Well, uh, being heard of by my mum. <laughs> that that's my that's my boxing test. Like, how yeah, do you? Know well, if, I, I use that full sport. Yeah, how do you? Know as if, someone uh... cut through, as my mum heard of them. Basically. Yes. yes. So what? Which current boxers has your mum heard of? I, I'm I'm pretty sure she would know. Well, current, uh, recent. I'm pretty sure she would know Mayweather, Pacquiao, Joshua Fury. I think that's possibly it. Maybe at a push, Amir Khan. Um, yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's better more than mine. I, I'm pretty sure my mum... I think Joshua and Khan, that'd be it. Oh, I love when Golovkin... Sorry, this is randomly came Golovkin, who's fighting on Saturday afternoon, UK time. Um, he When he fight on Korean TV, you know when they have the tail of the tape, tape yeah. height, reach and all that. Korean TV, when he fights, they have a father's nationality and mother's nationality because Golovkin's mum's uh, Korean. Uh, so, I love, love that they just put that out there. Just like, and the crowbar fa- it in. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I, I always have the um. The, the, so one of the sports I follow is snooker, and I was, um, my sort of go-to for the like snookerism as popular as it used to be. And my mm. my main reason for for knowing this is that my mum, if she could list all the snooker players that she's heard of, Ronnie O'Sullivan would be the only one who's still playing. Mm, right. Whereas you could probably name about eight who no longer play. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my sort of cultural barometer for how popular a sport is. Or how I was actually, sports person is. In uh, in honor of my impending move up to Yorkshire, I did actually look up um, uh, tickets for Crucible. I just looked up first round oh, Saturday games. Yeah, I think it's like forty four pounds or something scandal. like that. I, like, I remember. Wow. I, I first went to. Uh, the World Championships in 02 or 03, and it was mm-hmm. £5.50 for a session in the first round. Oh, oh, love it. Now, yeah, it is like 40, 40 quid, and you, you and unlike other venues, you can only watch one table. So you've basically mm-hmm. just got eight frames of a first round match between a seed and probably someone who's a bit crap. Mm. Yeah, it's rubbish, rubbish value now. The Cruise is a great <laughs> venue, but yeah, it's just, oh, is it? Priced is out, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Um, yeah, remind to... me to put when I do the descript episode description, the increase <laughs> the increasing cost of watching snooker will be one of the big <laughs> selling points. Um, into this. Possibly, possibly. Going back to Glovgin in the uh, the old South Korean link. Um, do you know Heinz Ward of the NFL? Mm. Yes, I yeah. do. Because yes, he's half Korean, so he, you know, he gets quite a lot of uh, media attention there. I'll be honest; I think Golovkin's absolutely missed out on a financial open goal because Koreans are so desperate for big kind of um, uh, yeah, big sports stars. Basically, okay, I feel I, like I mean, obviously, there's um, uh, Sun at um, Tottenham. Oh yeah, so like I say, you. Yeah. you Everyone supported Manchester United uh, when I went to Korea in 2007. And then by the time I left, everyone supported Tottenham. You know what I mean? It was like, so, you know, any any Korean sports star who gets big is just absolutely, you know, like all their games will be on TV. It's, you know, like the the whole country gets around them. And I feel like, you know, if, if, okay, from Golovkin's point of view, you could literally have a country of, uh, what is it, about 50 million people just buying whatever he throws at. If, if he'd kind of started milking that, I feel like he, uh, I feel like he missed out on a, a financial open goal there. But uh, there we go. There we go. One to remember, if my kids ever get good at sport, um, go Korean, not British. So I, I'm going back to Mia Khalifa, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how many porn stars my mum could name. <laughs> you don't, probably don't want to know either. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, truth, I'd struggle to name many, to be honest. Um, there, there's not, not many that sort of make the sort of um, transcend to make it through to the mainstream, <coughs> are there? Ron Jeremy did. He's Ron definitely he, he's been in mainstream Tracy, movies. Tracy Lords, I can remember from about 15, 20 years ago, but that's only because she did a song with the Manic Street Preachers. Oh, did um, she? Yeah, it's quite good actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. You don't get many porn stars that transcend or make the transition into like legit acting. Mm. Um, I suppose John Wayne Bobbitt, who's one. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Do you remember him? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I believe that... the porn stars, you know, male. Um... Yes, I do believe his uh, movie name was Frankenpenis. That was that was um, that, that was, was the title. I believe so. Or... That's a poor pun. I remember when I was at university, our local blockbuster video used to have, you know, like the videos would be in alphabetical order. Uh-huh. They would put next to the film its porn version. Right. So you have, like, for example, the Blair Witch Project on the shelf, and next to the Blair Witch Project on the shelf would be the Bear Bitch Project. Right. Uh-huh. That's mad, isn't it? That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, but, oh, it, it, it was great. It was a great laugh, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, it would, it would be alphabetized, but with the porn versions next to the normal versions. Best title you've ever heard? Uh, men in Black Men. Yes, I was going to say. I was going to say that one because I put I put this out actually on um, on Facebook about ten years ago. What's the best title of all time? And that was a favourite one I got. Uh... I, I think I think that, that's it's clever. <laughs> it tells you what's going on in the film. <laughs> it's good marketing it, 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 it'll get the audience in uh, I yes think, yeah it's very good it's not too because some of them are just you're just doing too much there aren't you mate you, you're like you're crowbarring something in a bit there mm. yes. keep it simple none right. of this too none of this malarkey come on we want something a bit exactly. smarter than that exactly okay. get the men in black men lads working for the sun <laughs> well i think uh, i think that's exhausted me a khalifa so to speak <laughs> 
Um, shall we go on to fact number three, Mr. Day? Yes. Uh, West Ham entered the Guinness Book of Records in 1999 for breaking the world record for the most people simultaneously blowing bubbles for one minute. See, the Guinness Book of Records is rubbish. Oh, 100%. Absolute shy. I mean, literally, you could just say most bananas thrown out of a fourth floor window. Because realistically, I know probably in the history of mankind, one person once threw out a bunch of bananas from a fourth floor window. Yeah. So you do that, you throw out a load of bananas from a fourth floor window um, and you get in the Guinness Book. It's just, just, it's just nonsense. 100% agree. Because I, I looked up um, other football-related world records, but not like who scored the most goals, just more obscure ones. Mm-hmm. And there is stuff like, oh, um, someone, it might have been Deli Alley. He owns the world record for quickest time in training to hit the post, hit both posts and the crossbar with three separate shots. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> like, wow. Who cares? But allegedly... 23,680 people simultaneously blew bubbles for a minute. Amazing. But how do they know? Who was <laughs> the, the lad with his clipboard? Probably not Roy Castle, because he's probably dead by then. But the bloke with the clip, we know that everyone is blowing the bubble simultaneously for a minute. Good point, good point. Was, was Roy Castle a West Ham fan, by the way? I don't know. For some reason, you said that, and I just suddenly feel like he was, but I, I, I could just be being simple. But anyway, good point, good point. Um, how do we know it's true, Simon? We um, don't. Uh, we don't. Uh, I, I'm sort of thinking all three of these facts tonight are absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, but, and also, that was in 1999. Now, this record still stands. Wow. Nobody. will never be broken. <laughs> it's impossible. Well, it could be, though. We need a bigger crowd and give them all like one of those crappy little bubble pots and get them all to blow a bubble and you're in the Guinness Book of Records. I kind of want to f- throw bananas out of a fourth floor window. Can we meet up sometime and do oh, that? How many are going for? Um, I mean, probably we can just start with 17 and go from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to waste, but I've, someone catch them. I don't really want to waste good bananas. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's another, talking of dropping things, that was another football world record which is like David Seaman holds the world record for the highest football caught. Which oh, is my like word. He, he caught a ball that was dropped from like over 100 metres in the air. <laughs> nice. I, f- I find, well you know, talking about rubbish <laughs> records, cricket, I always find like the media, every single test match it gets described as historic. Um, you know, yeah. oh, uh, England in historic run trade. This is the... Um, this is only the fourth highest um, home te- uh, run chase against the West Indies at Trent Bridge. You know, oh my God, how many qualifiers are you going to have? Like, how many how many run chases against the West Indies yeah. at Trent Bridge have there been? Um, yeah, it's just yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that, but uh, but these, these all these records that you're like the cricket ones, they wouldn't all get in the Guinness Book of Records, would they? Because that's not a world record. That's a record True. against the West Indies at Trent Bridge. These West Ham fans, they're the best—they're the best in the world at simultaneously blowing bubbles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, they're also the worst in the world at um, uh, twenty thousand—the worst group of twenty thousand people ever to blow bubbles. 
So I don't know how you look at it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't like this best worst. Are you, like, yeah, well, you're speculating a bit there. We don't know how fiercely competitive this, <laughs> this category was in the, mm. in the late 90s. Um, what are your thoughts on... So West Ham, obviously, the, the reason they were doing this was because I'm forever blowing bubbles. Um, I personally quite like the fact and quite like clubs that have got their own song. Yeah, absolutely love it. And I think, yeah, that's definitely one of the, the kind of most, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 a un- it's unique and it's one of the ones that's, I don't know, it's, it's so closely associated to the team, right? It's, um, yes. I mean, other ones, obviously, um, you'll never walk alone Liverpool, like Celtic have uh, uh, stolen that as well. But, you know, you'll never walk alone. Other teams of songs that are that, See, there's, some, there's a few. There's like marching on together at um, Leeds, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah, that's City, true. On the Ball City at Norwich. There are, there are a few. Um, but I feel like... For, I, I can't... Forget, yeah, you'll never walk alone. It's the only one on a par with I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles in terms of being synonymous with Right. I mean, they, they, like, they still release bubbles, don't they, when the teams come out and whatever, and... When the game right. starts, yeah, I, I feel like I, I was hoping there'd be a really interesting story on the background of the song, um, and there's not. <laughs> it's like, Fair enough, it just started. I can't, even, I can't even remember it. It's so it's so inane. Um, but yeah, it, it just started. Um, but yeah, I think it's great, um, and clearly, it helped get them into the Guinness Book of Records. Indeed, indeed. Well, Mr. Day, what are we thinking about West Ham? I think it's been, I think it's been some good stuff. Um, I think I don't it's been think... some good stuff, but I feel like West Ham probably will get some kind of points deduction on the basis that the Marco Buda fact true. isn't true. The um, the 1923 Cup final fact you're not very happy about. And the Guinness Book of Records one, I don't think can be collaborated. So actually... Um, we've we haven't learned anything about West Ham. No, Mia Khalif, I think was um, yeah, fair point, fair point. She she, she was like that. I don't know the Kevin Pressman type figure at the back who just kept everything. You know, she she kept them from uh, getting relegated. I almost said from going down, but that would have been the wrong choice, wrong so, uh, phrasing. She's like um, she's like the team near the bottom, but but they've got a twenty goal a season striker who can yes. Of, she's like Matt Letizia before he became a conspiracy theorist um, at Southampton. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Letitia's had to resign as a as an ambassador of Southampton because he's just turned so mental. He's turned into like basically. I heard someone describe him today as if David Icke was good at penalties. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh, much what Matt, Matt Letitia is now. <laughs> such a shame. Such a shame. He seemed like a really good guy, but yeah, he just anyway. He's, he's, he's turned. Been on, he's been online too much, I think. So West Ham, um, yeah, okay. So we can agree to uh, some good stuff, but yeah, they're, not, they're Manchester United. I would never have guessed Manchester United would have been the most interesting team by the end of this. But we've got one more who could possibly beat them. Wolves, yeah. I mean, I, I'd be surprised, but you never know. I mean, you never know, right? Well, Mister Day, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I will see you next week for the Wolves episode. Goodbye, everyone. 